understand Everything gonna be all right I said Everything gonna be all right Everything's gonna be all right Good day wherever you're listening from And welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio IAQ Radio It's Friday, May 13th 2016. This week is episode 414. My name is Radio Joe Hughes. I'm on the road at the Greenville Technical College. Back in Studio D, or Studio C, is the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. Hey, Joe. Hello, everybody. There he is. Good day, Cliff. And uh, back at, I guess we'll call it Studio E, is John. You got to have faith at the controls. He's actually able to do it from uh, his home office today, which is kind of nice. Here with me at the Greenville School District is this week's guest, Steve Pasco from the Greenville School District. Before we get started, let's stop and thank our marquee sponsors. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at their website, jondon.com. That's jondon.com. Clean Facts, the number one information source for cleaning and restoration professionals. Check them out at cleanfacts with an X. IEQ.net and Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions are available at IAQ.net. And Particles Plus. They are engineers and manufacturers of feature-rich particle counters, air quality monitoring instrumentation, and vacuum pump technology. ParticlesPlus.com. Count on us. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IQ Radio when you inquire about their services and products. All right, and last but not least, please visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust at iaqtraining.com. All right, let's turn it over to the Z-Man for today's IAQ Radio trivia question. Thanks, Joe. Win a cool prize by outcompeting fellow IQ Radio listeners and being the first person to correctly answer the IQ Radio trivia question each week. Submit your answers easy. Either email it to czlotnick at cs.com, or if you're listening to the show, you can text in the answer live via your computer. I'm sorry to report. Aww. There were no correct answers to last week's IQ Radio trivia question. The IQ Radio Trivia Question for Friday, May 13, 2016, has been sponsored by Ideas, the solution chemistry company, creating unique solutions to odor removal, surface cleaning, and decontamination problems. Now for this week's IQ Radio Trivia Question. What is the definition of the word trachodecophobia? Back to you, Joe. Okay, thanks, Cliff. I've got this week's guest, Steve Pasco. Steve's a certified indoor environmentalist and a master foreman for the Greenville School District in Greenville, South Carolina. We're talking to you from the Greenville Technical College, Buck Nichols Center. He started out uh, in the tech, tech school and then went to the Navy where he was working in the engine room. And for the last 10 years now, he's been working with the Greenville School District. He supervises a crew of about 26 people 
helping keep the lights on and keep the indoor air quality acceptable at over 200 buildings. Was it that I got about 107 facilities. About 107 facilities that he deals with. So let's, without any further ado, oh, we have some music, I think, for Steve, don't we? Well, school's almost out, but they're still in so far this year, right, Steve? They're still there. All right. Hey, let's let's get back. In the intro, I started to ask, um, and you know, we've been going back and forth a little bit. You've got 107 buildings. That's right. All right. And what what kind of mix? How many high schools, middle schools, elementary, ballpark? It'd be hard to split up. I just don't know that number off the top of my head. But you figure you've got less high schools than you've got elementary schools. You've got more elementary schools than you have. In the same general area, you'll have just a few, like half as many middle schools, mm-hmm. and then half again high schools. Okay. Geo. Yep. And then uh, I'm wondering how many, uh, do you also manage some of the other buildings, like the offices and Absolutely. Know, the stadium? That's right. Like that. All the football stadiums, any kind of um, uh, child development centers, any kind of uh, administrative offices, anything that's encompassed in the school district, we get our hands on. Okay, we're here in a mixed, humid climate in Greenville, South Carolina, and my experience has been about 5 o'clock, it rains just about every day, hard, for an hour, or, no, or less. And a good old thunderstorm. And then the sun comes out, you know, so, and we've got a lot of uh, masonry construction, double uh, double masonry construction walls. Is uh, most of your buildings built that way? Or? Well, you know, it's a mix. It, it really is a mix. It's kind of we went through a program, you know, and we built a lot of schools at one time, and so we're about ten or twelve years old in that program. So that makes up the majority of our, that's why our average life on our building is about ten years. Some of our older buildings, they're your general, you know, you get your foundation, then your wood frame, some of that. Those are some oh. of the smaller buildings. Some of the CDCs are built like that. Okay. The newer stuff is more what you're talking about. You got the outside with the brick, and then you've got the studs, and you've got the sheetrock, kind of like we were talking about yesterday, and then mm-hmm. you get into the mess. And you have um, a lot of cinder block with with an exterior like brick. double masonry, yeah, basically yeah. some kind of brick on like the outside. We looked at yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cliff, let me ask. Let me see if you want to jump in here. Well, back on the construction, do you have any that would have been dry bit or stucco or anything like that? No, we don't. We don't really have anything like that left hanging around here. Anything like that's pretty much gone. This is a really fast-growing area of the country, uh, Greenville, South Carolina. They've got a lot of different uh, manufacturing facilities. BMW has a plant here. Floor Daniel, I think, has a plant. Um, who else has uh, plants in this area? We've got Michelin. Michelin. We've got uh, So, you know, a big batch of schools were built in the last 10 to 12 years. That's right. Uh, and, and all at the same time. Yeah, because so, they were growing. We just, boom, they threw them up. A lot of, it's amazing. Every time I come, I've been coming here for 15 years to teach classes. And Cliff, every year I come, there's more new things. And uh, it did slow down a little around 08, 
2008 yeah. when the rest of us had a little slowdown, but it's really uh, been one of the fastest growing areas in the country. And this area wasn't hit as hard as a lot of other areas. I mean, no. We kept building, yeah, we kept building some. Not as, not as strong, but we kept going. So you say the average age is only what? About 10 or 12 years. About 10 or 12 years. But I'm sure you have buildings that are 100 years old or close to it. Or we've no? got some older buildings. I don't know that we have anything 100 years old. Okay. I don't, now, you know, we've got some stuff that's older and they won't let us get rid of. Okay. You know, because people are attached to, hey, we went to school there. And then we've got some buildings that that could be that old. Mm-hmm. They have been retro and added on to just to save that part of the building. I see. I see. So it's a smaller part of a big building. All right. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, we've got the school. How many, do you have a ballpark idea or how many kids are in this district? Any idea? Oh, I would, yeah. Tough it's to say, huh? Okay. A lot. A lot? <laughs> a whole lot? Yeah. A whole lot of kids. All of them. They're everywhere. Um, all right. So with respect to the types of problems you have, and can you relate it to the type an age of building. So what type of age of building has the highest and low, lowest amounts of indoor environmental problems? You know, I would have to say, you know, you'd think it might be the older buildings, but it's actually not as bad in the older buildings. A lot of my problems are in some of the newer buildings, some of the stuff that's uh, a lot of roof systems on the newer stuff. So several of these buildings we put up in that real fast period of time, they did kind of all at once. Mm-hmm. And so they came in with pre-stress and that type of stuff, and they put the roof on, and they just threw them together. I, I say threw them together. They did a good job. But we deal with a lot of roof leaks, okay. that kind of thing. And then, you know, you got your pipe leaks, dielectric unions, that kind of thing. Okay. Those are always fun. And then those leaks lead to? Well, then, you know, you've got that above the ceiling, then you've got some sheetrock generally, ceiling tiles, that kind of thing, and then that's going to develop into a moldy situation. And how much work of your own do you do as a school district? Some school districts hire subcontractors to do any mold remediation. As I understand it, you do some of your own. We do probably 95%. Oh, really? That much? Okay. We've got, we've, um, we've actually gone... I've sent all of my team to to school CMR class, actually through your school. Okay. And um, how many guys have we had now? Uh, you've had all but three. So there's what ten or fifteen that we yep. run through over the years. That's right. Okay. So they're all. I've got one that's been there so long. He's actually uh, uh, what is the not the CM? It's the CMRC. Oh, the or the supervisor. The supervisor. He, yeah, he's take. He's actually the one that's going to take the supervisor course. So okay. I got a lead mold removal guy so he's my remediator okay and i went through your cie course that's right went to the test some of the other people in the district too uh we've had some of your supervisors all of my supervisors all of us yeah okay all three of my supervisors have gone through your course right. and they actually passed it yeah i do well he chose a great teacher and you know he, he does really good uh prep for the exams as well Steve, going back to the roof systems, do any of the buildings use Tectum at all? Tectum board? I, I'm not familiar with that at all. Okay, all right. Come on, either. Well, what is it? Well, Tectum, when you look at it, it's a roof system. When you when you look up at it from underneath, a lot of times it looks like spaghetti. Oh, and okay. I, yeah, okay. That could be. I've seen I've seen similar stuff like that. And a lot of times it's really thick. It's about, I don't know, 8, 10, 10 inches thick. 
and uh, I just run into it a couple of times in in schools, both in the south and and up in the north, and uh, just just wondered, you know, whether you run into. I have seen. I don't have many. I do have some schools with what you're saying that could possibly, and it does sound like that's what it is. And um, we've had some roof leaks through that. It, it made me a little nervous because it gets discolored, and there's you cut it and you're you're outside. So there's no, it's not really there's no real good way to treat that. Tough way, yeah. yeah that's a tough is that what you ran into, Cliff? Well, yeah, actually, I've run into it a couple of times with with fire damage, and I, I was in a project and. Uh, a public adjuster actually wanted to take the whole roof off of a school in, in Cleveland, Ohio, that, that was Tecton because they had, you know, just a problem in one room. And, you know, we actually developed the process to, uh, you know, clean it, deodorize it, and, and recode it. So a lot of times you can recode it, but I suspect you have it more in auditoriums and, and places where sound is, is important, libraries, stuff. No, it's actually... I've only seen it in some of the older buildings that we have, and um, so, because a lot of our stuff is is fairly new, you know, within yeah. ten year range, and I've got some a few several buildings that are on top end of that that are not quite that old. Do you have any uh, lead leadership in energy and environmental design uh, buildings like that, that have gone yeah, through actually, that process? They, we, I know we do. Okay, I don't know how many. But we have several. We have some buildings with some solar capabilities. We were talking about that. That's right. Last night. Yep. And then um, we've got a lot. We've got a whole energy management team, and they go through and they we they've gotten awards from Duke Power on that same type. And their employees also yes. in the school district. That's right. So you work with them. Try to work hand in hand with energy management. You try. I try to work hard <laughs> with them. Yeah. Now, guy. are there not times when energy management demands? May kind of conflict with your um, never your needs never never, 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 never okay never, okay every day every <laughs> really day. yeah how, how is that I mean, well, I mean we don't want to make no 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 that, and we talk about it back and forth it might get a little warm but at the end of the day we we're all good okay yeah you know, like the filter issue we were talking about we're going to a better filter okay it's uh you put it in and it, your your water column doubles okay so you know you're filtering more air. Okay. Well, that's going to put more load on that motor. Well, energy management don't want to ramp that motor up. Right. So then you have to go back to the drawing board and discuss that. All right, so what are we going to do? And what are the costs and benefits, the benefits, the pros and the cons, essentially? For you, the pros are you don't have to change it as often. That's right. All right, so that's a cost saving. I don't have to clean as much. You don't have to clean as much because it filters better. My coils don't get as much on. Your coils are in better shape. I'm reducing what I'm putting in the building. Okay. As far as allergens and particular and, and that's a big for you or me it is. Okay. I'm the guy that gets in and cleans it up. Yeah. And and you've got the you've got to respond to the complaints when a kid's having right. allergic reactions or whatever. How do you respond when when you get a call, do you get a call direct from a teacher or they call most of the time I'll get a call. The way it's set up is the custodial staff at the school, they have uh they're broke up in areas and they have a, what they call a custodial specialist. So he's over that whole area, and what he'll do is he'll get a, he'll get a complaint, and he'll he'll contact me because I can't have everybody in the district calling. Right. I get I right. love them. How many of those guys do you have again? I have four. Four. Okay. Four of those guys. So that's that's not hard. All right. And um, so we'll respond. Let's say I get a call from a guy. And he says I've got a teacher complaining about she thinks she has mold in her room. Okay. Okay. And I'll just ask some questions. 
get a room number, go talk to the administrator. Hey, I'm here. I'm going to investigate your situation in this room and see what we come in. Go in the room. I start looking for any kind of water damage, any kind of check the humidity, all your basic stuff. Okay. Looking for mold. Mm-hmm. Try to smell stuff, check the temperature, anything and everything. Um, a lot of times, there's nothing there. Okay. Sometimes you do find it and you address it. Okay. Um, every time a teacher complains, though, and I know where you are on sampling, I call and have, I call and have the room sample. Okay. The sample. Okay. I, just, I have to. Okay. I have to cover the district. All right. So we check it, make sure there's nothing there, and then if there's if we're clear, we just keep rolling. You have an outside consultant. I, I use an outside consultant. We did that out every five years. Okay. And um, we have. I don't know if you want me to name the, the company. Doesn't matter. We use SNME. Been okay. using them a long time. We have a real good relationship with them. They're right. awesome people. They won't cut us any slack. Okay. If there's if there's something in there that's not supposed to be in there, stop. Do they ever do any allergen sampling? Do you have kids that maybe have a sensitivity to a specific thing? And we they... use SNME for a wide range of sampling. Okay. I mean, radon and just anything out there. Asbestos. Anything. Lead, lead, everything, okay. anything and everything. Any any situations where a child was um, maybe allergic to something like I don't know bleach, peanut butter, or something that you had to make some special precautions for. Now that would be more at the school level. Okay. And so they handle it, and they do they do handle that. I mean, you'll go in and they'll be like, okay, this is. They used to have like, okay, this is the peanut allergy table. Okay. And that's where those kids would sit. I haven't seen that, so I don't know if they just said no peanut. Products. Okay. So I'm not 100 sure. Yeah, I'm a little surprised too, Cliff. That Southwest hands out peanuts. You know, (laughs) (laughs) airlines they stopped doing it for a while, but it seems like it's it's kind of coming back. Cliff, have you seen that? Yeah, I I have. And and the strange thing is, I never knew. I think it was uh, uh, Eva at at our at our summer event. I never realized that peanut butter. Uh, it, it, it could be allergenic. I, I just thought that it was, you know, peanuts and dust from them, particles and stuff like that. But, um, you know, peanut butter as well. So, and, I, and that, you know, there's some kids that, you know, that's their protein source. You know, uh, yeah. you know, there are kids that don't like meat, and you know, they're, you know, so I'm sure it's challenging in schools for sure. So let's let's talk a little bit about just the custodial staff in general. How are they? When they come in, new people come in, how are they trained just to clean a building? You know, that's not your... I can't, yeah. Okay, you specialize in... Mold and preventive maintenance. Mold and preventative maintenance. That's okay. Right, sorry about that. That's all right. Hey, you know, I understand. Now, do you have your guys that just do that, or yeah. are they also doing other things? Well, I have um, my whole room. We have like a day job and a night job. Our day job is preventive maintenance. So we're out all day okay. working like that. And then when we identify a problem, SNME says, yes, you have an issue here. We'll go in. We'll set up a time. We like to go in when nobody's there. Yep. It's just easier. Mm-hmm. You know how it is you come in in a Tyvek suit, full face mask. <sighs> yep. Yeah. You cause a panic real people, quick. Yeah. And even if there's – and people were in that room. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. not, there may not be anything yet, but we're going to disturb some stuff. Yep. So what they're not seeing is you're okay until we get in there messing around. 
we're going to let you back in when everything's smooth. And you have to protect your people. That's right. Because they're in there doing that type of thing. Are, are, do you have projects going on all the time, basically? I mean, Pretty much. Okay. Every week I've got a couple. I've got a, right now I've got two projects on going. Okay. And, um, these are typically from a roof leak or from a water. It could be any number of things. It could be anything. Okay. Yeah, we've had floods. Most most of the time my floods come over uh, over vacation time and late at night, right? <laughs> you get the call at 4 a.m., you bust the pole on the roof, and you got water flooding in a, in a media center or a library. Okay. So, And you know what is it, 24 hours, you got to get it dry? Well, it better get started in 24 to 48 yeah. and get it dry down within 72, you generally, you know, or, or get it started going down the other side. So. They call us right away. We go in. We try to get the water, all the stuff out, and then we have to try to start drying that building out. I mean, just as soon as it happens. So do you bring in outside contractors for no. that at all? You guys have we your dehumidifiers, air movers, all that stuff. Yeah. Who are you going to get at 4 a.m.? Yeah, Me. well, some of them are coming. I'm coming. coming. <laughs> no, 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 I'm coming. Back. I got coming. <laughs> Cliff, let me, let me turn it over to you. I mean, do you have a ve- do you have vehicles uh, you know that you have all the equipment on you know that are you know that are ready to you know to go and respond uh, you know in the case of a water damage or do you have to go to a central warehouse and kind of you know pick it up and and then go out to the job site? Well, we do a little of both, and um, I have I have a van that's set up with a lot of water removal stuff, and then I have uh, a couple of key guys that do uh, most of my mold. They they'll run a crew. Okay. So I'll get two guys going, and I'll bounce back and forth, and then I have two lead guys leading the rest of my people. And so they'll have a lot of equipment, air movers and that stuff on their truck, and then I keep all my, like, flood equipment on one, one certain van. Okay. So then I'll go, I'll generally, if I, have a, if I have an issue, I'll send one of those guys to the location to get rolling. I'll go to the central location and kind of coordinate, and then when we get everybody loaded up and headed that way, I'll, I'll be with them, and we'll just get everything. So I may have some, some stuff to start the job, and then you may need to bring more in. That's right. Okay. All right. So let's talk a little bit about some of the biggest challenges, like from an IEQ perspective, you know, what types of rooms give you the biggest challenge? Cafeteria, chem lab, bio lab, libraries, you got them all. I say a library. Really? Yeah, that's a lot of paper. Yeah, a lot. Okay, of paper. and okay. for some reason I don't understand it. Libraries like humidity. I, I just I don't get it. Hmm. It's it's strange. And now that's on a mold issue. Okay. Um. Now, uh, locker rooms, football locker rooms. Okay. They stink. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you have hockey teams, dude. No, no, no. They're worse. Thank goodness. <laughs> They're even worse. But uh, that's that bacteria on there. Now, with respect to the Uniforms, do you send them out for laundering? or No, we've actually done a lot of that ourselves. Oh, you do? Yeah, we just like the dip and dunk and dry thing. Most of the schools that have the uniforms will have a washer and a dryer. So we'll go ahead and treat it with whatever we've got in that. If it's a mold and we know what we've got, we'll use something that's safe on the clothing. Mm -hmm. We'll dip it, we'll rinse it, and then we'll send it to get washed. At the location. Okay. And then uh, the locker rooms, because they stink so bad. You know, that stuff's just, those kids will just throw that wet stuff, sweaty stuff in their lockers and yep. in that whole room. So we've actually started installing dehumidifiers in the locker room. Oh. Uh, like, yeah. Okay. And that's me. I was surprised. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. They put them in, boom. Huh. They have helped a lot. What, what type are they, like, where are they? Uh, no, they're in in line with the AC. System. Oh, they're in they're, line with the AC system. Do most of those have their own separate unit? Yes, they work off of. 
Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So you put a, a system in line with the mechanics. Well, we, now we'll, yeah, we'll sub that out. Oh, that's sure. What, yeah, they'll sure. come in, they'll install that, and they'll get that running. Do you know whose product you use? Uh, you know, with the school uh, district, it depends on, we, we use a lot of different people. Okay. So, and okay. it's not always, it used to be uh, whoever came in the lowest. And now it's whoever's done a better job. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can look at. Right. Low price isn't always the best. Not, not always the best. For the, you're not always getting what you're, what you're wanting. Okay. Cliff? Um, I don't know. Maybe, you know, it might be time for a war story, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we always kind of like to kind of break it up. Uh, you know, do you have a a part one war story for us? Yeah, I can. I can. I think I'm one right off the top of my head, as a matter of fact. Um, got a call one day from a... Uh, Custodial specialist, he's like, hey, come over here. I've got a little of that uh, black stuff that you love so much behind a little piece of code base. So I'm like, okay, great. So I go over there, and I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, you got a little something over there. And we're trying to figure out where it's coming from. And, you know, there's a door, and there's a little – and I look under, and you can see light outside. And I'm like, okay, it's raining. You're getting a little bit of moisture there. I could, Okay, that makes sense. So we get to looking, and um, it keeps going. Oh. Across the code base, across away from the door. So I'm like, ooh, all right. So we get to looking some more. And long story short, the whole exterior of the building had been affected because that's those weep holes. Yeah, they were backed up. I had windows leaking. I had doors under the threshold that was coming in. It was just the whole thing. So then we get to looking a little more. Uh, the scuffers, they're leaking into the scuffers where your water drains off your roof. Right. Yep. So we're looking there, and they were some. They weren't installed correctly, and so I'm getting water draining back. So I've got these big wet circles around every scupper, and they they're showing signs of a little growth. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a few like some parapets, like we were talking about yesterday, yep. where you can get some. You can get, get air. Negative, that's right. Yeah, if your building's negatively pressurized, you can get air moving up and through the parapet. And then when you look up above whatever you got up there, if you got something organic, it's going to start. Yep. Yeah. So you had to remove the drywall the whole way around? Yeah. Now, that one we did. We actually subbed out. We we staged it in three parts. Okay. My guys took apart uh, a rainbow, took apart, and surpro took another Mm -hmm. part. And we split it up like that, and we just went through. Too big for one. Yeah, we couldn't. And we tried, and, you know, that that location, we had to try to get it over a break. So we had a finite amount of time. Right. So we're, we're in and out. So, so the code base had nothing to do with it. No, it wasn't exactly what we were thinking. It was actually more from those wheat holes and the brick. That was a big. That was the big thing. How were they blocked? Mulch, mulch, and what we said yesterday. You know how that one building was draining away real well. Yep. This one wasn't. It was draining so toward the building. It was draining towards the building, and you had your mulch up above the wheat pole, so you're getting water. So it's doing the opposite of what it was supposed to be. Okay. Okay. So that was a big one. That's a big one. Well, and. There was a lot of drywall, too. If it had been just a double masonry wall with no drywall on the interior, yeah, might not have been as bad. That's a different story. I'm curious you Plus the insulation. Okay. Oh, there it is. Yeah. insulation, oh, yeah. too. That's another issue. Yeah. I'm curious. You mentioned code base. Um, how do you handle cleaning the floors, the, the custodial folks? Do they mop the floors still, or do they have another way of doing it? I'm sure they do some mopping still, but you do see a lot of floor scrubbers. Floor scrubbers. Yes, that's, I think that's less water. It looks like less water. 
Okay. I'm, I'm guessing. Do you think that there's times when you're getting water up behind that cove base and it doesn't so. dry out? I'm just wondering so. if you run into that much. They run into that in hospitals. Well, you do, but the the trick is if you pull it back and whoever put the, the sheetrock in, they're off the floor, yep. that saves you bacon. Got to have that gap. Got to have that gap. Capillary you break. You're in trouble. Yep. I think that's probably part of the problem here. Oh, we'll, <laughs> we'll have Not that temporary break. Not your building, huh? All right. Cliff? Okay. Um, you got you one uh, more I, story. Okay. Uh, thanks. What do you do over the summer in terms of the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system? Do they let them run or do they shut them down? Great question. They do not shut them down. Um, I think they were going to shut them down at one time, but we've got a couple things going. We actually keep people in the buildings all summer. We've got custodial staff in there. They're doing the floors. They're they're doing the deep cleaning they can't do during the year. So if you you kill it all the way, those guys, they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they just set it back. They reduce, you know, they change their set points. So it doesn't run as often. Okay. But we still ran into some problems with humidity. So they had to tweak them. So that's where you get into working with energy management. Look, we know y'all want to save this money. However, look what I got. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you gotta kind of play with that. And we've got systems. We got the fresh air units, the monitors units, that kind of stuff that actually are good for dehumidification. Okay. So you can use those specifically for dehumidification without having to actually run your air conditioning system. I see. As much. So you can shut down, shut down your chiller or use those. They, just, they turn them back. Turn it back. They turn the set points back so they don't run as long. Okay. Interesting. Have you had problems where they shut back completely and then you came back and you had a problem? We've had some that uh, didn't, they weren't turned off. Mm-hmm. They had gone off. They tripped out. Oh, okay. They weren't on. Okay. And then, so we did, we did wind up with some problems with that. Okay. And it was, it was, it was. It was funny because it was like we were chasing the mold around the building. I mean, you could it, it was start you could see it start balloon. So it's there, but you know it's not at that stage where it's oh wow it's everywhere. What what uh, relative do you design? Do you check relative humidity or do you look at dew point? How do you do that? And what what numbers are you looking for? I'm looking for basically sixty or below. Okay. And then you know if you walk in, a lot of times you walk in and you're like, wow, it feels wet in here. It's cold, but it feels wet. Mm-hmm. Then you start looking at your dew points and that kind of thing. Okay. You know, then you get into your AC system, probably short cycling, maybe set up wrong. Maybe it's something's wrong with it. It's just not wringing that moisture out of there. And that's when you start looking at your dew points. You ever um, notice a difference on that with respect to a clean coil versus a dirty coil? Um, we pretty much stay on our...
We'll be back with the second half of our interview. We've got Steve Pasco here from the Greenville School District. We'll be back in uh, 90 seconds. And thanks to our association sponsors, the Indoor Air Quality Association, a nonprofit multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at iaqa.org. The Restoration and Specialty Cleaners Association who have been serving the needs of and advocating for their members for over 30 years. Remember, Triska is your link to industry training, certification, standards, and events. Their website is trsca.org. Thanks to our advertisers. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, who use advanced sensor technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them at wolfsense.com. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. Visit them at legends-enviro.com and, of course, our marquee sponsors. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at their website, jondon.com. That's jondon.com. Clean Facts, the number one information source for cleaning and restoration professionals. Check them out at cleanfactswithanx.com. IAQ.net and Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions are available at IAQ.net. And Particles Plus. They are engineers and manufacturers of feature-rich particle counters, air quality monitoring instrumentation, and vacuum pump technology. ParticlesPlus.com. Count on us. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IAQ Radio when you inquire about their services and products. Okay, we're back for the second half of our interview. We've got Steve Pasco here. He's the master foreman at the Greenville School District. He runs a crew, about 26 guys, responding to, well, doing preventative maintenance and responding to indoor environmental quality problems. On the break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, different types of systems and um, which systems maybe work better with respect to keeping the humidity under control, whether it be a rooftop unit or a chiller or through-the-wall kind of unit. And um, you were saying basically it's really not – in your experience, it hasn't been the unit or the type of system so much as the maintenance on it and the housekeeping? Well, in, inside the building, if you've got uh, a, dirt, a dusty, dirty room, you know, we got plenty to eat. Yep. And then if we have a mechanical problem with the unit, Something broke. A louver not closing when it's supposed to close. We had a school um, we were working in, and all it was was a simple, is a water leak mm-hmm. in a mechanical closet. Mm-hmm. The system was working fine. It was just a, a, a it was just a water line. It broke. No problem. They fixed the water line. Well, we go back later. We've got mold in the, in the in, on the sheetrock in the closet. So we go in. We set our containment. We do all that. Well, in the process, my guys are in there, and I'm standing right by the return, and I'm like, wow. That's kind of warm. I put my cheek over there, and it's, it's, it's you know, outside smells. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's outside air. These units are off. There shouldn't be anything coming in. So oh. we turn it over to our HVAC guys, and they go up, and they're checking, and they find that there was a problem with the louvers. 
they were actually not closing when they were supposed to close. Okay. So they go up there and they correct those problems. And now your humidity's even. So you're getting you're when you're getting fresh air in the building and it's not treated, not uh, tempered. Mm-hmm. You're getting a lot of humidity. Especially here. It, yeah, and you shouldn't be getting that. I mean, it's straight outside air. What, so, what kind of relative humidity do you get in the summer? I mean, or, or I guess not just the summer, huh? Well, wintertime's not too bad, but summertime, springtime, and summertime, it is high. It gets hot and high. It is hot and high. Okay, I mean, okay. I, we're not Florida, but... But you get it. Yeah, it's up there. Okay, and then you get pretty cold winters, too, don't you? I mean, not, yeah. not like I get up in no, Pennsylvania. No, no, no. I but, get cold. I'm cold nature. Okay, <laughs> okay. But uh, where do we go? Like in the 30s a good bit? Or? Oh, yeah, we were in the 30s, okay. 40s. And, it, and one day it can be there, and the next day it can be 70. And so you're all over the board. What what type of heating systems are most common? Boiler, pretty much all boilers. School systems, gas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mostly, uh, we use a lot of gas-fired boilers with uh, water, mm-hmm. and so we're pumping water out to the building. The other thing we we saw actually yesterday was um, a, a mini split, a Douglas mini split yep. in one of the schools, and I, I know they're becoming much more popular everywhere. All right. And on the break, we were talking about how you know you have them, but sometimes they cause you a little, little difficulty. Can you expand? You know, maybe tell us a little bit why. I mean, it doesn't. Not just the mini split or the like the zone system. Either way, what what? I mean, I think you were saying that the way they tie them in sometimes to the existing system or, or add them on maybe causes you an issue. No, no, that doesn't really give us too much of a problem. What well, you and I were talking about were um, the fresh air units. Fresh air versus if you have an older school with like say through the walls like heat heat pumps. Okay. Kind of so it's basically a heat pump in each classroom, and then you've got new outside air systems. So you've got an old building, you're pumping in air, and then you've got the heat pump. Well, we've had situations sometimes where uh, some of the problems, some of the controls were just not set up correctly on installation. Mm-hmm. So they're running all the time, and the compressor's not running. So now I'm dumping in fresh air from outside, and there was spring, there was summer, Great. rainy days. Yeah. I'm getting a lot, and my heat pump's just not, it can't keep up. Okay. So it's doing what it's supposed to do. It just can't do that much. Now you also have, I noticed in one of the buildings, we looked at um, energy recovery ventilators, too, at least on that one. Are they getting more and more... Uh, Exactly. Common in your buildings? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. What kind of issues do you have with them, if any? Um, if you don't get, if you don't keep your filters, you have a problem. If you can keep on top of your filters and your cleanliness, not a whole lot of problems. Okay. There's not that many. No, no, no. Moving parts, really. I mean, it's really just a bearing and a little motor, a little small motor and a belt. And it's not. And it turns real slow. All goes back to preventive maintenance. If you can keep it clean, stay ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And I tell my guys they get tired of cleaning, but I'm like, the cleaner it is, the easier it is for you next time, and the easier it is for you to spot a problem. Okay, good. Cliff, let's turn it back to you for a minute. Yeah, let's um, let's talk about um, you, you know, an emergency situation. Uh, yeah, norovirus, MRSA, flu season. You know, something uh, you know communicable. Um, I'm sure that you've had to deal with situations like that. Could you could you comment on what you've done in those situations? Well, a lot of times we'll actually go and clean the AC units. Uh, we'll change the filters, and not that that's gonna 
you know, but we do it. Okay. We go ahead and change the filters. We'll clean the units real good. Um, then we also will help go in and, like just like Joe was saying earlier, a broad spectrum disinfectant. We'll go in and just clean everything. You know, like yeah. you said, you can't really help a bag, so you just wipe every single thing that's in the room. Wipe everything. everything. Okay. And then when and when that happens, it's usually a joint effort. It's you know the maintenance guys, the custodial guys, the teach. I mean, we've had teachers. We've it's just everybody, all hands on deck, and we fall in and just make it happen. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, just a, a, a follow-up. Do the teachers do anything on a daily basis, you know, like, uh, you, know, but, you, know, between, you know, between classes? You know, you got 20, 30 kids, you know, sitting at a desk. Do they wipe the desks between or, you know, do anything on a daily basis just, you know, from an infection control standpoint? You know, I, I would think more even with younger kids that, you know, in the, you know, in the grade schools. Well, I would think... You know, I, when I'm in the schools and I'm seeing them, the teachers are always on these kids about wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. I mean, they just, it's, I'm like, wow, y'all are seriously on this. Um, can't really comment on the other part because, you know, I haven't really witnessed anybody in between classes cleaning desks or anything like that. But each school has its own custodial staff. And I know they, those guys work first, second shift, come in early. So they're keeping those rooms clean and then if we have a problem out of school like i said we'll go in everybody goes in and just does the whole school it's like a swat team yeah pretty much so about boys hit it and make it happen with respect to cleaning have, have you guys switched over to any green cleaning products or what no that's not really your area not really okay um, those guys i know those guys and they're open to stuff like that mm-hmm. and i'm sure they try it now i will come i've tried some green stuff on my end on the mold remediation? Area. Well, not so much the mold remediation, but on the preventive maintenance preventive oil maintenance. and that kind of stuff. Yep. And I didn't really get the same results. Okay. Just I know I'll get jumped on about that. No, 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 but I'm just not. It is what it is. Your experience is what it is. Yeah, and I'm just not. I just I'm not sold on it. I okay. just don't get the results that I'm looking for. Okay. Versus the stuff that's already out there on the market. And Cliff, any follow up on that? Uh, no, but I think that. You know, what Steve has encountered is uh, a pretty broad industry complaint, Joe. You know, we hear it all the time that, you know, a lot of these newer products are harder to use, don't work as well, take more time, you know, take more effort. And, you know, when you add it all up, uh, you know, it's not so much the, the product. It, you know, the big thing is the packaging. You know, all these products, you know, come in plastic containers. And I think that's really the you know, the biggest issue is the, you know, what goes into the landfill. Uh, and on th- in addition, it's it's the, I thought you were going to say with the packaging, the promises made, sometimes things overpromise. I've got a, a question from uh, a, a tech, well, not a text question, but a question, actually we've got a text question too. But um, with respect to companies and salespeople, they'll promise you the world to help clean up your mold problem. Uh, in in the real world experience, what have you seen that works with respect to cleaning, uh, cleaning products, etc.? Anything you want to let people know from you? You do more mold projects probably than most people I know. So any real world experience, what works, what doesn't work? Is it just elbow grease? No, 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 no. I tell you, this, this is the simplest thing I can say, and I told, told you this the other night too. We did a job, and I went to our IQ room. We didn't really have anything. I was like, oh no, what happened here? 
So we're out of our normal. We, we used at the time, we used this, it was in a blue jug. It's called Fire Trough. Okay. I love that stuff. You could drink it. I didn't, but they said you could. Never <laughs> tried it. So um, uh, we got Dawn dishwashing detergent and 20 team borax. Borax. Yep. And mixed it together with hot water. And so, because the borax don't like to dissolve, really. Mm-hmm. So you get it dissolved and you get your Dawn in there. And we clean that room with that stuff. And it was a little messy just because it was so wet, you know, that kind it of thing. It had a little grit in it. Yeah, it had the grit. But, however, that room came back probably the cleanest I've ever seen. Mm. So I was, that's on the cheap side. Mm. Now, on normal everyday use, we use a product called Foresight, okay. which you say is a phenol, correct? I think so. And yeah. then we use, a, we also use Microban. And right. It's more of a quad, I guess. Well, the spore yeah, size is, yeah. Yeah. but the uh, spore size is pretty strong smelling. Okay. So if I'm in a situation to where uh, smell is going to be a problem and I can't get it, it's volatile. It goes away pretty quick. But if it's going to be a overnight thing and everyone come in, it's pretty strong. Back one, the next day. I'll, I've got a lemon scented, real mild. That, that's the microband that I'll use. Okay. So those two are the kind that I typically just stay with. Okay. Cliff. Okay, no, no, the sporocidin would be uh, actually carbolic acid or actually phenol, and then I suspect if it was the microband, it smells like lemon, it's probably the, the QGC product, which is, uh, you know, uh, a, a quat. Uh, but it's, you know, I think the primary difference is the microband would be a much better cleaner than the, uh, than the sporocidin would be. And I think cleaning is... So I think it's something that Steve commented on. I think it's that's really the most important step. And when you want these rooms to come back after testing and 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 do real well, those are the ones that have been deep cleaned and and thoroughly cleaned. Uh, you know the, the most. And I think a perfect example is if if anyone would take a trigger spray bottle and stand above a desk or a mirror or or, or whatever and spray it you'll kind of see where the droplets are and you'll see all these spaces where the droplets aren't. (laughs) And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that gets missed and the more thorough we clean, uh, just the better the results are going to be all around. Like that. Yeah. Now we've seen that. Cliff, we've got a couple text questions here. uh, One is, um, how difficult is it to keep teachers from bringing crap into the schools that is a problem. It's an impossibility. Impossible. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell them, you can tell them, and they're still coming in. They still bring yeah. it in. Oh, what yeah. kind of stuff do you see come in? I mean, What do you got in your house? What do you got in the house? It's, it's coming, coming in. in. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. coming in. I'm what thinking. about, like, little pets and animals and stuff like that? I've that's... seen dogs on leashes. I've seen dogs, little small dogs, yep. ladies yep. carrying in their purse. I've seen, oh. you know, not so much as teachers, but uh, I've seen parents. I mean, you know, most of the time they don't bring that in here, but every now and then you'll be in there and there'll be something. There's you know, something you weren't expecting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what about clutter around your mechanical systems? You get a lot of that. You get a lot of that. You get a lot of that. And, you know, it's just they don't, they don't really think about that. Right. You know, and I don't think about teaching. Right, so, right. Can you, is there a way you can do you work with them? As we do. Well, we do, and we, we talk with uh, the custodial staff mostly. Okay. Because, you know, we're not going to go in and say, hey, you need to do blah, blah, blah. We let the school handle that. But we go to the administrators and say, hey, this is where the problem is. This, we can't really do this. This is this is not code. This is a fire hazard, whatever. And then they get it. Okay. okay. They're usually pretty good with it. 
Uh, and a comment from uh, from one of our listeners, Kimberly Clark has a school kit where the students keep their desk clean and a whole program dedicated to improving indoor air quality. That might be interesting. Yeah, we said Kimberly Clark. Kimberly Clark. I yep. can look into that. Yep, that's one of our regular listeners out there. Uh, the home health doctor also says, uh, enjoying the show, caught the end of the mention about probiotics. Are you using any probiotics as air or surface purifiers? Not yet. Okay. But it sounds like my friend Joe Hughes is going to hook me up. Give it a try. I don't have a problem. Uh, I thought maybe they'd give it a try with that, that enzyme or, uh, that uh, Greg Long talked about on our show, Cliff. Yeah, good more. Absolutely. Uh, and I think the energy management guys might like that, too, which is yeah. kind of a good you know, win-win. From what Greg tells us, it, it helps to keep that coil much cleaner. And as a result, you get, you know, better heat exchange across the coils. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Let's also talk just a little more about, I want to know about fire losses. Have you had any major fire losses or even small ones? And how did you respond? I had a small one that I I got together. It was a broom, maybe half the size of this. Okay. And a trash can had caught on fire. I don't know how, Hmm. because there's no smoking in the building. Yeah, I don't know. Um, not asking, nope. but, uh, we went in and it smelled pretty strong. It's strong. It okay. So, um, I took a small ozone machine, put it in the middle of the room, turned it on, locked the door, nobody go in the room, waited. It went off 15 minutes or so. It, it didn't need to be long. You just go online and you say, okay, how long, how big's your area? This is how long you run your machine. Good deal. All right. So 15 minutes, go back. Machine's off, give it about 30 minutes, go in the room, beautiful spring day. I was like, wow, that's yeah. crazy. Did you, did you clean up? I mean, was there soot? No, there soot? Was, no, no, no. All no. of that was removed before I got there. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. They already so, all, all they were worried about was the smell. At that you, time. You, but I've never really had any fire issues. You're not a fire guy, huh? Well, well not really. Any other questions? Well, how about you get some fire? No, I, 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 yeah, I just wanted to add add a little bit on the ozone thing. You know, based on what you said, uh, it would seem to me that the fire was what I would call a simple fire where you had wood or paper uh, burning because that, that's the type of fire-related odor that ozone is most effective on the fastest. Once you start getting complicated with synthetics and rubbers and plastics and you know, all sorts of other things. Yeah, it's a little bit more complicated. So go back, Joe. You, you were going to talk about floods or something, water damage? I yeah, think. I just wanted to follow up on the flood and water damage thing a little bit more. Uh, did you guys get some training on that, or you just developed a program? How did you handle that? Pretty much from your course. Okay. You know, what you, what you were kicking out, and then you know you take that and you you read about it and you get deeper, and then okay. each one's case by case. We I mean, do go into category one, two, three, etc. Are you treating sewage different from a like clean water type? You have to absolutely. But I've never really run in. I've never had a sewage issue. I had, and you know, coming in through the door off the ground, that's black water. That's your sewage. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Never had a lot. Never really ran into a lot Not of that. Too much of that. Um, and you know, for the most part, we're on tile. So that makes okay. it a lot easier. Yeah, but you terrazzo in schools. What is terrazzo? Terrazzo is like a, a mix of stone almost. It looks like mm-hmm. uh, I'm that. a little pebbles put together. Yeah, yeah highly polished, that. right. Say it again, Cliff. So then they highly polish it. 
Yeah. Very popular. Do you have any, pol- have any polished cement in any of your schools? Yeah, that's a question. Yes. How's that working out? I like it. I mean, you know, the only place, the place that we looked at doing that was, uh, we've got a building. This is my favorite building. It's, uh, well, I can't tell you what name of it, but okay. <laughs> it, it doesn't have, it doesn't have a drop ceiling. No. Everything's exposed. It's painted darker. And then the floors are what, what I guess Cliff will say, the polished cement. Okay. It's beautiful. I mean, it looks great. Is it tinted a different it's, color? Yeah, it's, but it's like brownish. Okay. So it's not actually, it doesn't look like sidewalk outside. Mm-hmm. But it's it's nice. And then, you know, I've never had a, a, an issue with mold over there because you spring a leak. You see the leak. Yeah. You, you know, see it? Yeah. And there's nothing for it to hide. Nothing there's nothing to wet. You fall down. It was just right there. I, I mean, I love that But I wish all buildings were set up like that. <laughs> you might be careful. You might be out of a job. Yeah, I got a day job. <laughs> They right. still need preventative maintenance. Yeah. Huh? I'll come work for Joe Hughes. Yeah. Good luck with that. Joe Hughes Enterprise. Cliff? I guess in terms of communication, you know, when the you know proverbial fecal matter hits the fan, uh, who is the biggest challenge for you to communicate with? Is it the administration? Is it teachers? Is it students? Is it parents is it the media you know who's who gives you the most problems in those situations well i would say teachers okay well i try not to communicate i don't communicate with the media i got we have a guy for that um right don't communicate with parents and students i'll let the administrative staff handle that and i try to go through the principal um or somebody in administrative staff, even when I'm dealing with a teacher. Because if you go going into a room and the teacher is convinced that that room's affecting her health, there's nothing right. I'm going to say to change that. Mm-hmm. So I just, I fall into silent mode and I just go straight. We're going to just let her know what we're going to do. We're going to test your air. We're going to test this. We're going to look for that. If we find something, we'll let you know. And then I'll make suggestions to the, to the principal, you know. Sometimes the principal will move her out of the room. Mm-hmm. We'll just, we'll have the room. You know, most of the time, it comes back, everything's clear, normal. You know, we just move on. How do you evaluate the ventilation in the buildings? Do you do any CO2 monitoring or, I mean, do you, do you use a, a flow hood or do you have people come in and test and balance from time to time? We do have people come in and test and balance from time. And we're set up, the way our, we're set up, we're, most every building we have is on a computer system mm-hmm. through our air conditioning uh, systems. Okay. And so CO2 is monitored remotely like that. Okay, you have remote sensors yeah. throughout the building. Yep. And then we've got your cell phone. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Interesting. We have, we have a, a team of guys that sit over there and that's what they do. They watch the status of the building. If they get an alarm or something goes high, they get a big, they got several big TV screens and they see it and they figure out what's going on and they dispatch a guy to go figure out what's up. Okay. Is that part of your group? That's or? actually not. That's the reactive side of HVAC. Okay. You, you're the preventative side. That's right. They're the reactive side. Absolutely. Okay. And now we work close with those guys. They're good guys. We were talking yesterday about filter changes and, and you were changing them monthly. Well, on our fresh air filters, we were changing monthly. Okay. And then on our um, regular like air handlers and that type of stuff, we were going every 90 days. Okay. And then uh, we did some testing on a, a panel. So it's not new. It's been around. Mm-hmm. But uh, we put some in some outside air units. We put uh, timers on there. 
we amp the motors in different with it, with nothing in it, with both types of filters in it. We put magnet helix on the door to watch to make sure we weren't causing any kind of trouble to the system. Mm-hmm. And um, when what we found with these panel filters is they would go twice as long. And these are like when you say a panel, they have like a wire. It's internally, it's wire. Internal wire. It's a hard wire. It's not going okay. really. So there's no paper on the outside? No paper, no paper. Okay. Because we did test some in these same units. We used a, a, a hardier filter, but we still had the beverage board, and it was starting to develop a little bit of mold on it. Mm-hmm. And they have, um, I think you were explaining, like on the on the leaving side, they, they're kind of a little sticky, so little they tacky. start to build up from there and then yeah, work they, their way they'll, back. They'll, it's like they load up from the inside to the air side. Do you know what kind of MERV rating would be on those? Um, I believe we're running MERV 8. Murray, on those. which is right about, yeah. I think, where EPA would recommend, um, you know, to get rid of, that captures a lot of stuff, Murray. Yeah, yeah, no, Murray's good. And we do, I think we have some higher Murray in certain locations, just depending on what was going on. I think we stepped that up. What kind of challenges do you run into in uh, uh, computer rooms? You know, rooms that you have to keep much cooler, the, the server rooms, things like that. Well, that's that's where you run in those Douglas mini splits. Okay. Okay, so we can we can mon- we can act locally monitor that a little bit closer. I see. So you put an extra ductless mini split in there just to keep it cool. A little bit cooler. I see. That room we were in what yesterday? Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right, Cliff. Well, I, I guess my final question, because we're you know we're we're kind of getting close, is if I gave you five million dollars and I said you know spend it in in the school district improving something. What, what would you spend it on, or what are some of the things you'd spend it on? From my point of view, yeah. do I have to spend it? Can I just embezzle it? No, no you can't. <laughs> you can't. Keep it. <laughs> um, I tell you, I, I I love the way that building we were talking about. I right, absolutely right. love the way that building was built. Hmm. Okay. I just I think it was. It's there's very little out exterior sheetrock, you know, mm-hmm. on the exterior wall. It's uh, it's all block, all right. block. Yeah, it's just it's. I love it. Concrete. Yep. Finished. Yeah. Open ceiling. Yeah. You can see your mechanicals. You can see your wire trays. All Absolutely. that stuff. It's all. It's in the way it's colored. You can't. You don't notice it. Right. But when we get up there to look, it's right there. You can see any. I really, really like that. I think that would be easy access to it. From a maintenance guy standpoint, that's what I would love to see. Something like that. So I'd probably spend all your money doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I guess, do, do you have a an infrared camera? Do you use anything like that? I do. Okay. Um, I use it. I've used it for looking for, like, uh, cold spots in walls. Like, if okay. some water come through. Mm-hmm. I've gone up on roofs and looked for uh, cold spots. Like, on a warm day, looking for where water would be under the, the rock right. or under the tar or something mm-hmm. like that. Trying to pinpoint my issues. How about for electrical issues? You ever use it for that? I do. I have a guy because I have an electrician, mm-hmm. and he's he's got it ninety percent of the time. He shoots all the panels. Okay. In all the schools, just to see if there's a hot spot. He's looking for a hot spot. Okay. You know that that generates on a regular basis. So he's okay. he's got that, and he's got other responsibilities, electrical responsibilities. But that's a big one for him. I I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, your guys. They do mold remediation all the time, so they don't look at that as a negative part of their job. I mean, that is overtime. Oh, it's overtime. Okay, so they're happy about that part, huh? 
Well, most of the time it's overtime, and the reason is because off hours. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, yeah. how many parents and kids do you want to see Darth Vader walking in and out? Uh, yeah, you don't want to do that. Uh, not good for the publicity uh, side of things. So they don't have a problem with doing the type of work. You get them their medical evaluation. They have all their. They come see you, get certified. Yeah, they get their their testing done, their fit testing, and all those yeah, kind of things. Okay. Uh, what about the changes in the Hazard communication program here recently. The, do, you, do you deal with the hazard communication program? You're talking about MSDS. Yeah, MSDS, MSDS, SDS. Was that you? That's not, but uh, I'm learning about it. Okay. I'm, I, I met a new friend at OSHA recently, and we, we got to talk about okay. it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I actually, from what I understand, I, it's easier. Easier? I like it because isn't it now tell me. They got the pictograms on there now, which yeah, makes yeah. it a little better. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of what I was now what I was talking about is you don't actually have to have it on site. Oh really? I'm not that familiar with it. I'm just I'm repeating what I heard. Okay. I need to look in to see. But if you're if, with the internet, if you're able to get on if, the internet, yes, yes. See, all my guys use smartphones. When okay. Can, they get their work orders by smartphones. They get it's always with them. So they they're reports by smartphones. Yeah, they can. Yes. Okay. And so if they're on the roof and they have a question about something, they can call me or they can Google it and figure it out. Hmm. They can look at their work orders. They can look at uh, SBS sheets. Hmm. They can, I mean, there's... Interesting. I mean, Interesting. You've, got, you've got the the knowledge of the world in the palm of your hand. Right. Yeah. As long as we're not playing candy for us, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're good. We can make sure. All right, we're running low on time. Before we go, anything you'd like to add? Anything we missed? Any final thoughts for our uh, listening audience out there? No, just sign up and take some of Joe's courses. He knows <laughs> what's going on. That. I appreciate that, Steve. Cliff, any final thoughts from you? No, no, it was a great interview. I enjoyed it, and I, I kind of like the the guy in the field interviews, Joe. It's uh, you know, it's something special. I, thanks. Thank you. I'm glad we did this. Um, I appreciate the, the class letting us go ahead and take a little break from class. We've got a few of them that actually passed along questions, and uh, have been sitting in on the interview, so it's awesome. Uh, a lot of fun, and I appreciate Steve letting us bring him in and uh, pepper him with a few questions here, you know. Uh, we love the man in the field interviews. All right, well, this is Radio Joe Hughes saying thanks to this week's guest, Steve Pascoe, from the Greenville School District here in Greenville, South Carolina. Beautiful Greenville. By the way, if you ever get to Greenville, you've got to go downtown and check out their beautiful downtown. they got a river winding through there with a little waterfall and done a great job with this city. also want to thank my co-host, the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. John, you got to have faith at the controls. Most importantly, our growing group of loyal listeners will be back next Friday at noon with the next episode of IAQ Radio. This has been another IAQ Radio production. Uh.